Hello. So today we're joined by Gerard Sauer, who is somebody that I've known for, oh, I don't know how many years, Gerard, it is since we worked together on LBC Radio. That's right. Yeah. 30 years ago. <laughs> how long ago? 30 years ago. We worked on it for 12 and a half or 13 years. Yeah. So, so incredible. How long ago? Yeah. And I'm going to tell yeah. you, you haven't aged anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> And the same for you, my friend. The I'll same for you. What, you mate, haven't changed a bit. <laughs> you were sharp then. I mean, I've got to say, I don't know what you're like now, but you used to answer those questions. And, and the well. stuff you carried in your head. I mean, people would phone up with cars they had a car, they'd it'd been to the main dealer, they got some mystery, the main dealer couldn't solve it, and uh, mm. they'd been back four or five times, and then you, they told you the model number, and you went, oh, yeah, it's a little rubber ring in there, put a little hole through there with a pin, and and, a yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But just amazing, really, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Great. My wife, called it, my wife called it a disease, Roger. If it pays the bills, it's a disease worth well, having, isn't it? That's true, too. That's true, yeah. too. Yeah. So how are you yeah. paying the bills now, Gerard? Well, in, uh, let me see, it must have been 1994, that was. Uh, I'd already given up LBC by that time. Mm. You know, having been in cars and, and in motorsport, uh, which is where my career started here in this country, yeah. um, I decided that, well, I, I, I'd been a gross polluter for too long, Roger. <laughs> and, <laughs> and therefore, really? Is that what you were, seriously what you were thinking? All these people well, racing, racing around tracks for no yeah. good reason just to pollute the atmosphere? Yeah, you know, so I, I began to think that, okay, I, I, I've taken a lot now. Now it's time to put some back. Yeah. And uh, so um, I was already uh, um, operating a, a small consultancy called Automotive Consultants. Got it. Uh, in fact, through, through which I worked for LBC. And um, it, 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 I was using it much more now to look at the environmental aspects of cars and, and got heavily involved in uh, building prototypes uh, of electric vehicles with a friend of Ooh. mine in Birmingham. Yeah, Ooh, in those goodness. early days. So yeah, you were yeah. right, right at the forefront of it, then, were you? We were, we were so much at the forefront, I never made any money out of it. Well, this is the trouble, isn't it, with the people that this is what, I mean, I, I read quite yeah. a lot of these kind of books where, you know, history, if you like, but um, the, the, the mm. people that actually invented the thing never made a mm. penny out of it. Somebody else took it. No. And yeah. sometimes stole it from under their nose, didn't they? But it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. such an injustice that people spend all this time working on things, get it to mm. fruition, and then mm. somebody like uh, Elon Musk comes along and um, yes, I, I mean he's done a fair <laughs> amount of innovation. Let's be fair. He's it was fun. yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was great fun because in um, it must have been two thousand and two. Uh, a delegation from Tesla came over to uh, our works in Birmingham. And in 1995, we actually built a Lotus Elise, electric Lotus Elise, based on yeah. uh, the, the motor right. technology at the time, yeah. uh, you know, because that, that was with my, my friend Bill Gibson in a company called Zytec. Yeah. And uh, they were walking around the workshop, uh, Roger, and uh, <laughs> under a cover there in the corner of the workshop sat the old Elise, you know, with, with all its uh, sort of electrical kit. Yeah. And so one of the guys was walking along, an American bloke, and he said, oh, what, what's that underneath that? Is that something highly secret? And we said, well, no, it's not anymore, you know, because we've got, you know, we, we've done all that. And he said, oh. And so Bill pulled back the, um, the, the, the sheet, and there was the Lotus Elysian. Of course, they had just paid Lotus to make their, 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 their Roadster, which oh. is basically a lease with electric motors. So wow. the guy said, oh, I see you've copied us then. I said, no, 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 sorry. It's the other way around, mate. This was made in 1995, and his mouth dropped open. <laughs> he had no idea. He'd done all that work, and you'd already done it for him. 
But yeah. you, you sometimes do get this. Genuinely, you do get this. This this what they call convergence, isn't it? It's two people yes. on, on the opposite sides of the planet sometimes working Precisely. on something comes yeah. together, you know. And yeah, and I guess yeah, that yeah. happens more often than we. we yeah, realize. that's very true, actually. Yeah. What you so you're a fan of the Lotus? I, like? I started in in Holland importing lotuses into Holland in 1968. Really? So, Did you? Yes. So uh, yeah, I can tell you stories. You know. Yeah. So you got an affection <laughs> for the brand, anyway. Yeah, I had an LAN, uh, a 1970 LAN S4SE for, oh, uh, 20 years, more than 20 mm. years, in fact, now. Um, but anyway, uh, just to conclude the, 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 the yeah. sort of the, the story, mm. um, then in, in 1999, um, uh, we got a, a request from a company uh, to build a prototype using a fuel cell. And we built the, the very first uh, uh, London taxi with a fuel cell on board. Really? Um, Yes, it was a very good project, actually. Uh, it, it, it didn't take off because it was way, way too expensive. You know, you just couldn't, the, the taxi drivers would never buy something at that price. No, no. But, but it did work. And, um, but, but we had a lot of problems with the fuel cell itself. So in uh, 2002, I decided that with some colleagues of mine, maybe we could address this issue. And so we set up a company called AFC Energy and... Um, we began to uh, manufacture fuel cells, uh, realizing very quickly that fuel cells are not really made for cars. They are not suitable for cars. Mm -hmm. um, and so our company then uh, uh, built its, its, its uh, commercial proposition on the basis of building fuel cells for the alkali fuel cell industry. And that, uh, sorry, uh, the alkali industry, which, which uses fuel cells to convert the excess hydrogen that they produce, which they normally just vent off into the atmosphere, oh, okay. put it into a fuel cell and convert it into electrical energy. Ah, so all and, this. So, so let me just bring this into some some sort of perspective, not perspective, but context. The reason mm -hmm. that I wanted to talk to you is because I went off on a little bit of a tangent with one of my rents and said right. that I didn't think that cars and buses were going to run on. Uh, electric you know on batteries i mean obviously a lot of people came back to me and said you're completely wrong mate buses are already there's thousands of them already in existence and you've got it all wrong and the other thing that i was thinking is that we wouldn't do away with gas boilers because at, at some point you know how we're going to heat all these houses with heat pumps electricity and so on so a lot of people said to me you're wrong there as well so i thought i really need to speak to somebody who knows you know and you've got a lot to do with all this 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 what we yes. want to call alternative energy, yeah? So yes, tell me a little so. bit about hydrogen, first of all. Is it viable okay. or not? Because Well, no, no. It is certainly a viable fuel. It, 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 it is the smallest element on Earth. You know, um, it, it, it's the, the, the first element on the periodic table. But that, and that's, it's, it's very clean. It's, it, it is truly a zero emission uh, uh, fuel. However, because it is so small, in, in, in the size of it, of the molecule, you will find that it has always been very hard to, to congregate it and to put it in a fuel tank or, or you know, because of its size. Okay. So by way of comparison, um, uh, a gallon of petrol, uh, you know, when you take a gallon of petrol, uh, the, 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 the hydrogen is only one eleventh of that energy that sits within uh, a gallon. So you need that, it? That's, Eleven yeah, times more. the size of fuel tank, if you like. Exactly. Exactly. So is that right? Is my maths right? Is that the yeah. right way? Yeah, sort sort yeah. of. We, we yeah. compress it, you know, so to 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 make up for that. But of course, the compression also takes energy. 
So for example, in the current motor cars that are being sold, mm. if, you, if you take on a tank full of hydrogen that has been compressed uh, to 700 bar, and that takes by itself 25% of the content of the tank already in energy okay. to make that happen, yeah, then yeah. as you sit with the car and in traffic and if it heats up too much, you have to vent some of it to, for safety reasons. So it's <laughs> over a 10-day period, you can lose 50 to 60% of the content of the tank just through you know, wasted energy. Yeah, yeah. So it is not a very, very good process in terms of efficiency of use of fuel when compared with, for example, fuel uh, like diesel you know, or, or even yeah. gas. Yeah. So, um, but there is another problem with, with hydrogen fuel cells that it makes it specifically unsuitable for cars. And that is that a fuel cell is basically like a battery, lots of electrodes, anodes, cathodes, all in a row. Okay. But a fuel cell is, is very, um, uh, it, it doesn't like transient behavior. So as you accelerate the car, you put your pedal, your foot on the pedal, and yeah. you know you, you're demanding more output. So the fuel cell has got to react to that, give more energy. Then when you take your foot off the accelerator, it's got to come down again. But because in the process of conversion you're producing water as a byproduct of that, you're therefore producing a lot of water. Then you take your foot off the accelerator, and now the thing has to digest that water and get rid of that water to not flood the electrodes. So there are lots of reasons why there's a lot of balance of plant, we call it, like dryers and, 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 and condensers necessary to make sure it all works, right? So it makes the whole process less efficient than a diesel engine. So a typical PEM fuel cell at, at, in, its, in its transient in-town behavior, yeah. where it is you know, admittedly zero emission, but its efficiency is only ever around 25%, 28% which is less than a good diesel engine can. Sure. So from that perspective, it is not so good. So it's clean. And it's clean, it is very obviously. Clean. Yeah, it's and, very clean. Uh, if you can get hold of it, you'd be all right. But you spend well, that's a lot the other of time. Thing, you know. So you spend a lot of time messing around with fuel cells to learn all this, yeah? Absolutely. And then Absolutely. you went from there. Have you, have you abandoned the idea of fuel cells altogether? Have they got a place no, in no, no. horizon and buses no, no. and so on? Well, in, in, uh, again, uh, it, if, if the fuel cell has to operate in a highly transient environment, it is not so good as a medium. What it is very good at is converting hydrogen into electrical energy and doing that at a constant rate. So charging a, 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 a battery pack that is used for storage, for example, or providing electricity for a constant stream, that's okay. Uh, and and in, that, in that environment, it works very well. So we call it, it's a very good time shift medium, Roger. So Got you it. can- I you, understand. Yeah. You know, it works and it fits in to our need for decarbonization in that space. It, it's very good at that. Right. And even in the domestic field, it can work that way if we wish to apply it that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, because there are now fuel cells coming along that can probably digest gas and hydrogen at the same time, consume the hydrogen, but send the gas back into the grid for example. Wow. So that is, that is a new uh, development, yeah. a more recent development, should I yeah, say. Yeah. All this is obviously uh, dependent on getting permissions because it's a big thing, reintroducing hydrogen, because people don't realize, Roger, but in 1955, the UK gas grid already contained 
50 to 55 percent hydrogen in Did the it? gas. And where was yes. that coming from? Was that just naturally occurring in the gas Na- itself? Naturally occurring. Yeah. Because that would have been coal gas back in 1950. That's correct. Wasn't it? Yeah. So That's they would correct. Have been, they would have been burning coal to produce gas. Yes. And finishing yeah. with what, what coke, not cocaine, but coke, yeah. as we understand. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, therefore, and then hydrogen content. Wow, you see. really? Yeah, and and because it was highly explosive, and the boilers were not so sophisticated, and the and the piping and the infrastructure wasn't so safe, mm-hmm. it was quite explosive. So people decided to take it uh, to take the hydrogen out ah. and go to <clears throat> and go to the natural gas we have today. And what did they do with the hydrogen when they took it out? Venting it off, burning it off. In other yeah. words, oh really, just wasting it basically. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's ah. you know it's a low pollutant, so it, it didn't seem yeah. that bad. Oh, no. And uh, the the, the chloralkali industry is still doing that. Uh, today, you know, they 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 overproduce hydrogen. They sell some of it to people like um, uh, uh, British Oxygen, or, or as was, and Lindy Gas. They they still yeah. take hydrogen because hydrogen is used as a fuel in medical for medical purposes, laboratories, hospitals. Um, uh, it can be used in the creation of oxygen, for example. So you know, the, it it's the, it's a commercial fuel yeah. that is that is bought by these companies, but but they're producing so much. In the in in the course of making plastics, that they have to vent it off. Twenty percent just goes up into the really? sky. Goodness, yes. I had no idea. People always say, "Oh, how do you make hydrogen? Very expensive." But there it is. One final comment on that is that although they are wasting, that you think, "Oh, well, great. Why don't we just collect it and 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 use it somewhere?" But transporting hydrogen to a pipe infrastructure is very very inefficient. Is it? Is what? Yeah, you cannot the, pump pushing yeah. along the pipes. Yes. Okay. So you have to have you have to have uh, 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 booster stations along the way, ah. which you know take electricity to you know yeah. to compress it. So the idea is that adding it to the gas as a, as a fuel, mixing ah. it in maybe twenty or thirty percent, the gas transports easily. Doesn't need booster stations. Can work at modest pressures. Don't need to work at you know. 150 bar or so. Got it. Yeah and, yeah. and therefore, it's an easier way to transport it and separate it out at the location. So you carry it along with the gas and you say separate yes. it out. So, so does that yeah. mean you can't use it in the boiler or what? Is that? Well, that's the point I made earlier was that now they're looking at boilers that, uh, or rather, fuel cells yeah. that can take the, the, um, the, the gas as it is. Mm-hmm. And 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 the smaller molecules from the hydrogen are going to be used and converted into electrical current. Got it. And the Sorry. gas gets sent back into the grid. Got it. I understand. Yeah. I, I wasn't okay. really clear on that. Fine. Yeah. yeah. And, and, then, and the electrical energy in the home can be used for uh, electrical heating. Yeah. Okay. I, I remember yeah. some years ago they were looking at gas boilers, which actually just generated electricity. That was the, the whole mm-hmm. idea of them, was that they just yes. they ran, ran on, on natural gas and just basically just just a generator inside there a gas power generator so you ended yes. up heating your home with, with yeah. the electricity so i mean this is huge this subject we'll probably talk oh, yeah. hours and hours on it but <laughs> yeah. what i really want to get to is the viability i mean obviously you're a big fan of of um, the electric car or the electric vehicle yeah. you've got one yeah. what, what have you got what are you driving at the moment i'm driving a tesla model s oh are you right so yeah, that's yeah. is that your you consider that obviously you don't buy the second best you buy buy the best you know about these it, things at so. the moment I would at the moment yes Roger because Tesla very early on realized that to make 
uh, electric cars viable, you needed to have a viable charging network. Mm. So you, you, when you buy a Tesla, you automatically get access to their dedicated supercharger network. And oh. that means that when I'm finished, so, so my range at the moment is about 240 miles. At the end of that period, I get onto a charger and 28, 35 minutes later, I'm back full up and I can do another 250 miles. When you say dedicated, does that mean it's only Tesla's going onto that charge point? Nobody else? At the moment, at the moment yes. So but but Tesla are considering now converting their, their network to also take different makes. That is in the States happening already as a trial, and yeah. it, it will come this way. But I'm going to be, you know, play devil's advocate here. You know, don't, no, I, go, go. I don't want to sound like I don't believe in all this, but I'm driving mm -hmm. up the motorway. And I think, okay, I can get as far as Warwick. I need to have a charge at Warwick. So mm -hmm. when I get to Warwick, uh, when there weren't so many Teslas around, I might find you and a couple of other people at Warwick all charging up your cars. But now if Tesla open it up to everybody, the, the, the rabble, if you like, the common man, there could be 20, 30, 40 cars sitting on that, that charge point waiting to charge up. And then suddenly yes, your 20-minute yes. charge becomes three-hour charge, you know, you're waiting in the case. Yes. So what happens there? Well, the, there are two things happening. One is, of course, that the, 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 the charge and network general in the country is growing exponentially, Roger. I mean, okay. if I tell you that last year, May, was the point at which we overtook the number of publicly available fuel stations, petrol, petrol and diesel yeah, stations. Yeah. So, and we are now sitting at 42,500 charging stations really? that are okay. publicly accessible. Do you know how many Tesla cars there are in the country now or not? Oh, uh, I have known this number. Uh, it, okay. it is over 40,000 already. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's not too bad, is it? You're saying there's 42,000 charge points and there's mm -hmm. 42,000 cars. So yeah, if they can more keep even, yeah. pace, okay, that's, that's, that's interesting, yeah. isn't it? There's obviously yeah, and... And, and BP and Shell both have now committed to build fast charging stations all over the country. So um, it, 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 as a Tesla, the lucky thing is that although you have your own charger network, you can connect to non-Tesla network oh, as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and cool. on my computer in the car, the way it works is as I drive along, I, I can can ask the car to look at alternative charging stations and it tells me where they are, but it also tells me whether they're occupied or not. Really? So, so, so as I get nearer... a free one. Does it tell you whether somebody else is also coming towards it? Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it tells you. If, yeah, because it gets there. You've got to beat them to it. Put your foot Beat down. them to it kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very sophisticated, you know. The, yeah, the, yeah. Um, as I drive along, I can see the charging station number. So there's, let, let's say there are 16 stations, yeah. and I can yeah. see that eight are occupied. And as I get nearer, I see, oh, there are 10 occupied. And as I get nearer, there might be 12 occupied, you know. And, and, but, but others then go come off uh, because the system works on the basis that you do not charge full all the time. The ideal battery charging range, Roger, is between 20% of, of discharge and 80%. Is it? So this is lithium-ion, is it, we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's still that's the ideal. Yeah. You, can do, you can do the whole range. In mm. other words, you can, you can do a full charge, but it is not necessary, and it's also not so healthy for the battery. So you're no. much better off going down to 20, back up to 80, back down to 20, and let the car, the, the, the software decides, okay, your next stop is there. 
Oh, okay. Right. Even yeah. if you don't like, even if you don't like Watford Gap services, you've got to stop there because Tesla told you to. So, well, <laughs> it, it's your choice, obviously. Yeah, you know. Yeah. 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 No, it, that's, it's, that's it's hard really to work it out. That's really. And I find, you know, in general, Roger, that I've now had the car for three and a half years. Yeah. It's done. It's done seventy thousand miles. I have been everywhere: uh, uh, France, Belgium, Holland, Germany, uh, yes. and in this country. I've never been stuck. I've mm-hmm. only once, yeah, only once was there some anxiety because I was on a motorway in Belgium and there'd been a massive, massive pileup. And when I arrived at the charger in, um, in Ghent, unfortunately, the, the, the charging station had been decommissioned momentarily. Ah, goodness. So I then only had 30 miles left because I always leave a little. Uh, yeah, uh, sure. and, yeah. But the next one was in Kortrijk, which was not that far away. But because of this accident, I was sitting on the motorway with a very low charge, yeah, you know. Yeah. But it did was all nervous? fine in the end. Did you get nervous then or not? Yes. I, I did. Of course I did. Yes, of course. So what would happen if you did run out? Oh, well, in Belgium, it's already, uh, they have the, 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 the equivalent of the AA. Mm-hmm. They have mini charges on board. So right. they, they have 12 kilowatt of, of, of fast charging power. They come to you and then, you know, you yeah. have to sit there and wait. It's in a way not very different, although it takes a little longer. Uh, from uh, running out of fuel, you know. Yeah, you, yeah. You, okay. People do. People do still run out of fuel, you know. Yeah. Can I just ask you? Uh, yeah, the Tesla is a fast charging car. Are all electric vehicles fast charging capability or not? No, they're not. And that is oh. one piece of advice I always give to people. There are two crucial elements to buying an electric car. Mm-hmm. One is that you make sure that you have at least fifty kilowatt of fast charging capability available. Got it. And, 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 and the second uh, very important aspect of that is that you, 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 get, you make yourself aware of the charging network around you. Got because it. not all people have access to charges, of course. They may live in a block of flats. This is you know. a problem, isn't it? Huge yeah. Problem. yeah. You, you can't well, that's why. Your, yeah, yeah. That, that's parking why, space, yeah. No, well, that's right. And that's why uh, Shell and BP have committed in the urban areas to build these charging stations. There's just the first one is opened by um, uh, the, the Dartford Bridge. There's okay. a beautiful fast charging station with, with um, I think, 35 posts and uh, okay. the shopping center with it. And, you know, I was all say, the, those people selling the coffee there are going to do well, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I find that, you know, if you're driving along, if, if you go on a long journey, short journeys, Roger, are never a problem, right? I, yeah. I charge here in my garage downstairs. I have a seven and a half kilowatt charger. I plug it in and the next morning I'm back up again. I hardly do more than, I don't know, 30 miles a day. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah, something yeah. like that, if that even. Yeah. So yeah. in a week, I might not even charge at all. Yeah. You know, and, and, but of course, not everybody has that. So you need to have access to fast chargers. So it's important yeah. that the car you buy can take the charge of at yeah. least 50 kilowatts because that makes it convenient. And then if you and I go on, a, you know, let's say that tomorrow we, we want to go and travel up to Birmingham, say, yeah. And that's a 150-mile trip from where I am. Well, you know, by the time I've done that mileage, I really want to have a break, you know. I, I, yes, I don't want yeah. to sit yeah, yeah, 400 you should, miles. Safety, shouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, they'd say take a break. Just, you know, and, and then I look at my phone. There's an app on my phone. And by the time I've drunk my cup of coffee, the app comes, oh, your car's fully charged. And, you know, ah, I can go on my way again. Yeah, so, lovely. You know, uh, now, uh, okay, so I, I think I've got that. Now, 
I know from power tools, you know, that, that, that like you say, it charges from 20 to 80. Getting that last bit from 80 to 100, it slows down. It just trickle charges it in. So we don't bother. When the light says it's fully charged, we take that as gospel, yeah. even though it's not. But we get no. reasonable use. Now, I know that fast chargers can knock the life out of the battery. In other words, it's not the ideal way to charge it because you've got heat problems. Heat's bad for batteries. So mm. is all this fast charging that you're talking about stuff in the battery? In other words, has it got a shorter life expectancy? Uh, in, in principle, you would say yes, but if, it, if the temperature stays within the operating range of the battery, in other words, the normal thermal operating range, okay. there yeah. is no degradation. Really? I've had mine now. I've had mine for three and a half years, Roger. And I, I, my, my, my new range was two hundred and fifty-two miles. Mm. And now, when I charge to full, you know, the absolute maximum capacity, two forty-five, six. Really? Yeah. That's so, all I've lost. And yeah. I've and I've supercharged all the time. Really? You know? So, what's going to happen to these batteries afterwards? When when we when you've finished with your batteries, where do they go? Yep. What happens? Because a lot of people say this is a terribly polluting technology not only getting the stuff out of the ground, the lithium out of the ground, but when we come to dispose of it. Well, okay. So two things. One is that, uh, as you know, recycling is an industry now that's growing. Yeah. And we have three types of recycling. One is the one-on-one -on -one recycling, where I take a, a, a piece of equipment I dismantle it and re re reconstitute it and use it for the same purpose again, one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, yeah. And there is secondary recycling where I say, okay, I take this piece of kit, like say a battery, for example, and um, or with glass. I mean, there's a very good example in glass now. Yeah, yeah. What they do with glass now is if they can't reuse it because some of it is too coarse, they then sell it to the, um, to the tarmac atom industry where they put the glass in the tarmac atom because in the winter, the glass takes up the heat from the atmosphere and, and prevents the tarmac atom from freezing up. Wow, really? I never knew that. That's so a, a very good example of secondary um, use of, of uh, uh, resources. And the yeah. third case, which is the, the case with batteries now, um, you, you, Tesla, for example, they take the batteries back they then reconstitute them to become domestic storage batteries. Ah, okay. Yeah? yeah. And, and Nissan are doing the same now. Renault and Nissan have gone together and they have a big organization in Amsterdam, in Holland, mm -hmm. where they take the old Nissan batteries, reconstitute them, repackage them, and then you buy a, a, you know, a storage battery. So the cells in the batteries have still got life in them, but they're no yeah. longer suitable for fast charging. Is that the idea? For yeah, yeah, for traction. But if you yeah. trickle charge them, they they're would totally fine. They carry on yeah. for how long? How long do you oh, think? Oh, God, uh, 15, 20 years. Really? So, oh, so, yeah, yeah, the, so yeah. once you finish, what, what do you think the life expectancy of your Tesla battery is? given what you do with it at the moment. Well, they give me a warranty of 10 years, uh, Roger. Oh, okay. So after 10 yeah. years, there's still life left in the old dog yet, and we're going to put yeah. that into, the, into a house yeah. to, to store our solar panel energy yeah. or wind, stuff like that. Correct. Yeah? Correct. So, so is, is the future, I know we're going to run out of time in a minute, and it's fantastic <laughs> talking to you. I'd really like to come back and talk to you again. Um, I'd, be, learned, I'd, be, I'd be very happy to do it, Roger. I've learned loads and loads, but I just want to talk, because we're a building channel, because guys have got vans, yeah, are yes. vans and lorries going to go electric? Is it viable or not? 
Uh, vans, yes, already. Uh, yeah. the, the, the new vans that are coming along. And, and I want to say this, uh, finally, which is important to remember. Yeah. Yeah. We are at the bottom rung of the ladder in terms of our developments in the renewable energy industry. Okay. That is to say, if I look 10 years back to a solar panel, if I had a solar panel of 150 watt uh, of, of a standard module, right. that was a good panel, right? Mm. Today, that same size will support 400 watt. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the development. It is the same in batteries. If I look, think back to the first um, uh, taxi that we built, it had batteries in, it, in, its, in its hybrid system. Hmm. And uh, we had to buy them from Saft in France. They were very high spec batteries. We had to get permission from the, uh, the French embassy because it was military spec. And hmm. we, they wouldn't sell them to us without that. Fine. Well, these, these batteries, they were 70 watt hours per kilogram. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Today in my Tesla, which is which is now nearly four years old, yeah. that is already 225 watt hours per kilogram, right? So that's three times the value. And the new beta versions of the 440 watt hours per kilogram will be with us uh, probably next year, um, uh, May or June. So mm -hmm. so it, it, it's a it's a quadrupling of the capacity. Now think about it this way: at the moment, a good battery like mine weighs 400 kilos, Roger. So there's a lot of weight to carry around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The car is efficient because the motor, the electric motor, as you know, is extremely yeah. efficient yeah. when compared to the internal combustion engine. But the content of the battery pack is still low. So is, it, is but, your car heavier or lighter than it would be if it was a petrol car? No, it's heavier. Over, overall? Yes, yes. It's heavier about by about uh, 250, 300 kilos. Is However, it? yeah. yeah if you now think that the next gen generation, which they are already now testing with customers, is double that capacity, that means half the weight. Mm. Okay. Now, okay, all of yeah. a sudden, I'm less weight than uh, an IC because in yeah. my Audi A6, my previous car, which is roughly the same size, the yeah. diesel engine and gearbox together weigh 270 kilograms. Yeah. Now I've got my battery pack at, at 200 or maybe even a little less, right? And so... I've got an electric motor of around with the controller together about 90 kilos. So, you know, it, it, it's a much simpler. And if I tell you that for the last three and a half years, Roger, I've never been in a garage. My car has not been <laughs> inside of a garage. Never. Really? Servicing wise. Yeah. You, you, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I know you're a dab hander. You had your own garage, for goodness sake. You could do all things That's mechanical. Right. Would you touch mm -hmm. an electric car? Would you, would you service it? Oh, yes. It? I would service it, no problem, yes. I mean, you have to be very careful, and it is something to, to bear in mind. With uh, Your insurance premium will go up a little bit. Not, not a lot, but it will go up a bit. Yeah. Because you are having to go to a, an accredited uh, repair shop because you can't just have people working with 400-volt DC uh, oh. who don't know what they're doing. You know, that's mm -hmm. too dangerous. Yeah, so, yeah. And the second point is that uh, repairs to the car also have to be done by accredited people because, you know, it, it, it's just too dangerous. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, the training systems are on the way now. People are being trained to, to you know, to, to, to work and deal with this safely. Yeah. And new, yeah. new tools are being created for it as well. And you'll see that in your own industry too. You know, once the boilers go, there's a new technology uh, that you might be really uh, interested in. We are currently heating water by an element of electrical resistance in the water, which yeah. then permeates the heat through the water column. Yeah. Yeah. But imagine if you could heat that water rather like a microwave where all the water in one go in one hit would Whoa. be hot. Yeah. 
Right. And that would be much more efficient. So then you have much less electricity need to get to the same temperature as before. Yeah. Uh, and that would be an efficiency that would be about, I, I estimate that when this technology comes on stream, uh, there's a company in Scotland actually working on that and they're doing it commercially already, really? uh, that it would probably be about 20% of the energy content in time when compared with a conventional boiler. Because there's, uh, I mean, we, we've got to, understand this concept there's no such thing as free energy you don't create nope. energy out of nothing so nope. so it, it, the electricity is going in there to heat the water up it's heating it up faster or like you say instantly but what you're saying is there's an efficiency loss with putting it through an element and doing it and yeah that that efficiency gain that you get from doing this direct microwave if we call it yeah. accounts for that extra Extra. Yeah, because because with okay. the with the element, Roger, you have the resistance one that you lose a lot of efficiency there. But two, the thermal um, uh, gradient that then exists between the cold column and the and the hot yeah. also takes time. So you know uh, yeah. that's what people have been working on to see. Okay, can we do it all in one hit? Uh, mm. the, the the whole volume yeah. rather than just start here and then let it sort of percolate up. Yeah. You know. Okay, trucks. I want to talk to you about trucks, lorries, the HGV. Right. What, what's what's well, happening there? Because you can't at put the moment, a battery in so big that it takes half your load space. Well, yeah. no, that's true. And that's also the case with the lorries. But again, if you think back now to what we just said earlier on, when we're talking about, and the, the critical margin, if you like, if we are at 550 to 600 watt hours per kilogram, then a truck can have any amount of battery capacity. And that is what Tesla are banking on. Right. Their, their, okay. their, their hyper truck is a truck that has a thousand kilometers of range, 600 miles, mm. right? And, yeah. and has a battery pack to serve to that. At the moment, that's a massive thing, Whoa. but that will be halved in the, next, in the next four to five years. And then even smaller and smaller and smaller, and maybe. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. So, so all those guys that are, are, are stopping overnight in the lay-bys are now going to find the charging point. Basically, yes, that is, yeah, the infrastructure has to be there. Pull up anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I always say to people, you may recall the days when the government here in this country suddenly decided that they were going to subsidize the use of LPG in cars. Yeah. Because it was deemed to be a bit cleaner, right? Yeah. And so within two and a half years, Roger, we had a complete infrastructure of 2,200 stations capable of delivering that fuel. Now, mm. it's not so simple with, with, with uh, electrical charges, obviously, we know that. But if you look at America now, you cannot drive anywhere with a Tesla in America that doesn't have, within easy reach, a supercharger. And that's only eight years. Goodness, really? Nowhere, nowhere. Yeah, yeah. You Gerard, know. I'm going to ask you a very personal question. You don't have to answer it. Have you got that's shares right. in Tesla? Have shares no. in Tesla? You don't. I had I had shares in Tesla, but then don't have at the moment. Oh, so you uh, told them when they were at their high, did you? No, it, uh, I didn't. I I, <laughs> I I saw them when I thought it wasn't quite going up the way I wanted it to. <laughs> oh, really? I got it wrong. I got it wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. dear. But yeah. you know, it it's it's one of those things where uh, you you have to be cautious in in some respects because you know Tesla has been the mold breaker, if you like. Yeah. yeah. The first very first time and and it made the industry sit up and take notice because all of a sudden people at mercedes-benz saw the sales in norway go to 12 cars right oh really oh yeah yeah they sold 12 cars in the first full year (laughs) and they went oh shoot what's happening here you know you can imagine the panic that that it caused 
Um, and, and now, of course, uh, Tesla have just reached the milestone. They've produced 500,000 cars this, this last year. Um, and, and, and the new China factory has opened up. So yeah. they'll be up to a million in, you know, I think the next year or so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what that means is that the, the, the number of electric vehicles will exponentially uh, increase from their side. But also now all the others have come in to play. Audi, Volkswagen, yeah. uh, Mercedes, uh, uh, Renault, uh, Peugeot, <clears throat> Citroën, they're all doing it. And the Chinese are coming, Roger. There's an incredible yeah. 19 new models this year. Really? And uh, yeah, our old make MG was bought by the Chinese yeah. and they've just brought out the very first estate car, uh, electric estate car, at a very, okay. very good price as well, yeah. you know, with a 270 mile range. Yeah. Perhaps better buy shares in that then. But I'm well, just, yeah. it just occurred to me, well, not just occurred to me, but it occurs to me what you're talking about with range and battery size and everything else is that a lot of people just potter around. My wife, for example, never goes any further than 20, 30 miles from home. And she probably clocks up, you know, um, oh, what, even less than 5,000 miles a, a year. So she wouldn't need a car with such a big battery capacity. So no. she could have a smaller battery in there. But somebody, say, a rep who's on her own, they're not carrying passengers around, but they need to do three, 400 miles in a day. They would need a big battery capacity, but they wouldn't need the passenger space in quite the same way. Do you think there's a case where you'll be able to put your batteries in or rather like a suitcase to say, right, I'm doing a long journey here? Pop some yes. more capacity in. Is that is that, that possible? That, <clears throat> that is already uh, uh, being looked at. Particularly, there's a new company called Arrival. Roger, if you go online, you'll see them. Yeah. They're a British company in Banbury that make vans and buses like with it. electrical traction. Yeah. Yeah. And they have exactly that concept. So you buy the van and you say, well, my van will probably in a whole day never do more than 150 miles. Yeah. Or you buy the battery pack of you know whatever whatever is the right size for that yeah. because you know halfway in the day it may come back to the depot quick charge over lunch and you know out you go again well then you only need 60 uh, kilowatt uh, or less yeah uh, sure. be more than enough you know yeah. and in fact the zoe the renault zoe i think now has already got three battery choices that you can just buy in the showroom yeah yeah well, that, that yeah. would work really well for tradesmen obviously the, our, our viewers mostly are tradesmen uh, mm. you know, DIYs and so on, but we're, we're mainly a building channel. So the, the guys who are buying electric vans, thinking about electric vans, they can mm. think, well, that really, I go down the road, I stay all day long, I might nip mm. to the merchants a couple of times, but I'm not clocking up the miles. And hopefully they can get on the customer's charge point while they're there and top yeah. their van up while they're doing the bathroom sweep or whatever. So for them, it would be an ideal solution to have a smaller, a smaller battery, yes. but a bigger payload in their van, yeah? Absolutely. Kind of and and, and yeah. one, one extra thing that is worth re remembering then for them particularly is make sure that the van you buy can be charged from an ordinary 240 volt socket as well as a normal charging system. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Like, like with my Tesla, I can just plug it in the wall, you know. I didn't know that. I thought it had yeah, yeah, yeah. a whacking great cable, like nine kilowatt cable or something. No, 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 no. So, in other words, if you're, if I'm on, if I'm in a in a, in a place where there are no charger at all, I can just come to your house and say, Roger, can I just plug it in, you know, overnight, yeah. and it will charge at three and a half kilowatt an hour oh, because right. that's the maximum thirteen amp can give. Yeah. And uh, you know, but but uh, if you're on a building site for four or five hours working away at, some, if you can just plug it into the two thirty, then you know, happy days. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. And oh, it also gives- so, so that big, the, the big cable is obviously for the fast charge, but yes. we could use a skinny little one just for yeah, yeah. ticking it looks like a, It looks like an ordinary plug lead, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a bit more weatherproofed, you know, that, so that oh. you can have it. Yeah. It does get, I, IP65 or whatever. I know the socket. Yeah. Button. That's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. So, so that is something to really remember for your guys that, you know, if as long as you make sure that you can also uh, uh, charge from the wall direct. So, it, so that means that the van has to have a small onboard inverter. Huh? And that, that's, uh, yeah. you know. So my original, my original rant where I went on and talked about alternative energy, I've got to, got to admit, it was misinformed. I wish I'd spoken to you first, but I'm now no, becoming no, no. a bit of a convert to the electric. So there's a hydrogen really is, mm, okay, I can understand what you're saying. It's going to be a marginal thing, but... But um, it, it will not be in transport. No, yeah. it, it won't. Not be, well, oh. because the, the the batteries are so capable now, and and will be more capable still with new uh, technologies yeah. coming along, Roger. That yeah. it it just doesn't make sense, you know. Yeah. Are we going to be able to produce enough batteries? Is that going to happen or not? Do you think? Yes, I think. Up? Well, yeah, because what people also don't realize, Roger, is a very important bit to remember. In the refining of petrol and diesel, massive amounts of cobalt is used and discarded. Is so it? when we are, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, and they keep very quiet about that because it's very you know polluting. Mm. But if if you look at the at the 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 reduction in the fuel uses, then more cobalt will become available anyway for battery use. Yeah, fantastic. I love to get a new thing out of something, you know, the waste from a, a coal-fired power station turned into gypsum, for example. That, that yeah. It's free, isn't it? That, that kind of idea is just brilliant, really, isn't Absolutely. It? And we're yeah. learning so much, Roger, about, you know, the use of things and how we can decarbonize what we do. And there is this big phrase now that's beginning to grow much more in the European uh, environment, but also here now. Uh, it is the phrase that we use is the, what is the embedded energy? Yeah, how much investment had to be made Got to it. make this thing happen and how long do you use it for, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and the funny thing is, if you look at an old Rolls-Royce from 1938, right, and you yeah. think, my God, you know, that's a polluting thing. Well, actually, in terms of carbon use, embedded energy, that's probably the most environment-friendly car you ever will meet because, you know, that has been made in 1938 and it's still running today, right? right. Okay. So the carbon yeah. investment... It's fantastic because, yeah. you know, it's still yeah. functional, still running. Yeah. But the downside is that, of course, it is a local polluter. Yeah. yeah, that, that, sure. that's, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's, why, that's why people are now looking at classic cars, converting them to electric so they can still use them. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are, they they're already using terms. a classic car, would they? Yeah, yeah. There are, there are already three businesses, Rog, today in the, in the UK that, that convert MGBs, Jaguar E-types, and what was the other one I saw recently? Um, oh, there was another one. Morgan. Oh, really? The old Morgan. Electric yeah. Morgans. Yeah, yeah. Goodness. So, you know, yeah. it, it's, it, it, the world is changing, you know. We yeah. have come to realize that, that, that CO2 is a problem, and, and there is now, you know, there's now an overwhelming amount of evidence. You can't say anymore, oh, well, you know, that's all a nonsense. Yeah, and, yeah. and the only way to do that is to go electric. It's, it's easy to transport it. It's, it's very efficient in its use. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and thirdly, we now have an infrastructure plan when you look at that. Not, the government, not yet. They, they're not on the same message yet, but they are getting there. They are investing now in offshore wind. Well, if I tell you that uh, uh, eight years ago, 
a, a typical wind tower of 18 meters would give you three megawatts of power per hour. Yeah. Well, the new ones are 13 megawatts. So right. one mast will power 18,000 homes. Really? I had one no must. Idea. I had no yeah. idea. I've, I see them everywhere on the continent when I'm driving around the continent. I think, what a yeah. great idea. But I had no idea they're that efficient. So they've got them yeah. all over Holland as well, haven't they? Quite yeah, yeah, loads of them. Like, yeah, and, they, and, got, and, they, got, they got wind as well there. So yeah, yeah, well, yeah. we have wind here too, Rod. You know, it, it's yeah. absolutely... Yeah, it, sure, it, yeah. It, it, and, and, and people say, well, what if there's no wind? Well, I can tell you now, and this, is, you know, this, this comes directly from the Met, the... There has never been a day that the whole of the British Isle was without wind. Never in the whole of history of, of mankind. Really? Goodness. No, no. There's always some wind somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Just got to find yeah. it. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's, you know, yeah, but think of it this way. If yeah. you don't today, I, when they're short of water, right, they, they call up Scotland and say, hey, guys, can you pipe some our way? Mm -hmm. and, and at the moment in electricity, there are probably about... I reckon there are about 120 trading floors that trade electricity, buying it from France, from mm. you know all sorts of places, and from the renewable energy sector, yeah. and and that's now growing like crazy. I love that idea of asking Scotland to send us some water because if Nicola Sturgeon's there, she's going, "No, we're sending it to yeah, France. Yeah, yes, we're sending <laughs> it to you. You, we're not sending it to the English. They can exactly <laughs> die of starvation, die of thirst. Anyway, no, that's great. Yeah. Listen, it's been brilliant talking to you. It really has. I've really learned so much, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who are watches who will be delighted to see me getting my ass kicked over something I probably knew nothing about, but hopefully now I know a bit more, and um, okay. we can come back and see you again because we we, we need to talk about. Um, we need to talk about domestic heating and all kinds of things. But I yes, think, uh, yes. what, what can people do if they, they, they want to follow you, Gerard? Are you, you you're social media wise? You're not uh, doing too I, I'm, I'm at the moment not on social media, no, um, uh, mainly <laughs> because, the, well, half the time uh, the work that I was doing uh, was under NDAs, and that's always such oh, a pain. Okay, because, yeah. You know, yeah. If you accidentally let something slip, then somebody. Yeah. So several times I got into a bit of deep water by, by you know, telling sure. things and then, oh, yeah. you know. Somebody else you, comes on the board. But we are back. thinking. Sorry, go on. No, no. And you don't want to go back to the days of answering people's motoring problems like you did on LBC. That would take <laughs> up so much time, yeah? Well, it was all very nice. But at the end of that period, they, they came back to me over Christmas and said, um, would you like to do it again? And by the mm. way, uh, you know, we're going to half your pay. And I thought, uh, well, we haven't any pay rise for five years. Come on, guys. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Same old, same old. I, I had yeah. similar, similar conversations with people. You know, can you come and do this for nothing? Yeah. You know, that yeah. was, that was, that was, and I said, well, come on, I'm not going to do it for nothing. You know, anyway, but no. there you go. Then the times move on, Gerald. We move, Gerald, rather, sorry, we move on. And, um, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're involved in a lot of things now, aren't you? Brighton Energy. Yeah, there's some, new, there's some wonderful stuff coming along. So yeah. if, if, if your listeners wanted, to, viewers wanted to, you know, send you some questions, then maybe we can do a session later on and, you know, uh, answer those questions. That might yeah. be well, I'm sure they, those questions are going to appear on the bottom of the comments and we'll save them all up and come back and see you. Right. I wish you well for the new wonderful. year. And the same to nice you, Roger. Nice to talk to you after all these years. Same here. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks a lot. lot. See you. Bye, Bye.